This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's the last Coronacast of summer, Friday the 26th of February. Yes, here we are uh, on the last Coronacast of summer. And I feel like I am maybe potentially jinxing us by talking about an outbreak. But let's talk about the scenario, Norman, where if there was another outbreak in Australia, now that we've got vaccine in the country, Pfizer vaccine, which we know is quite effective at preventing disease and infection, would that change the way we've been responding to outbreaks in the past year? Yes, it would. And um, in fact, I think we were probably the first outlet to talk about it. It was called Ring Vaccination. And it's now part, as far as I understand it, of the National Immunisation or Vaccination Strategy. So what you would do is as you do your contact tracing, you would ring fence vaccination around the person who's got the disease and the people they've come in contact with and maybe even the people that they've come in contact with. So primary contacts and secondary contacts. And you would do that with the Pfizer vaccine uh, because you get a strong response early and there's only three weeks between doses. So within three weeks, you're fully immunised. Um, rather than the Astra, which might take 12 weeks to get up to that sort of level of antibody response. And so, and it's a race against time so that you, because the incubation period's five to eight days. But what some of the research is showing is that you get an early response to particularly the Pfizer vaccine, maybe even the Astra one too. So you get a pretty good resistance there early on. So that would be a good way to respond to outbreaks prior to a very large percentage of the population being covered. So when you vaccinate, sometimes, depending on the disease, some vaccines take a couple of weeks before you get an immune response, but then there's other vaccines like rabies where if you get bitten and you think that there's a chance that you've got exposed to rabies, they give you a vaccine then. Do we know what the Pfizer shot does, whether it's the sort of vaccine that you can give after exposure and give you some protection? Well, it is all about the maths, which is the incubation period versus the time for the vaccine to work. So smallpox, that's how they controlled smallpox. They didn't control smallpox by mass immunization. I mean, it certainly helped. But in places such as Africa, they controlled it by ring fencing and controlling the spread from that. And so they found a, they found a case and then they ring vaccinated around the person with smallpox so that in fact anybody who might have contact, come in contact with that person was protected and in that case the vaccine for vaccinia for the smallpox vaccine worked faster than the incubation period of smallpox in this case it's lying ball but it's worth doing because it's likely that you would get um, a response early and you're doing two things by this ring fencing or ring vaccination I should call it you are protecting somebody against severe COVID-19 disease. The second thing you would be doing is trying to prevent transmission. And you'd hope that those two, two things go hand in hand. There's a bit of evidence from Israel that they do, but it's not strong. Does that mean that if there is another outbreak in Australia, we won't see border closures again? We've just seen in this past week that the border's opening up at least internally again, but we've also seen the borders slamming shut again with New Zealand. When will we not be fearing border closures again in Australia? Well, I think that when we get to high levels of immunisation, we've really got to get to that point very quickly, whether it's with the Pfizer or with the Astra vaccine. And that's the point at which really there's very little risk. So for example, if somebody from New South Wales takes COVID-19 into Western Australia, 
then Western Australia are protected and the worst that's going to happen is they get the common cold. So you're not that worried about COVID-19 anymore. The problem is more from overseas is that the uh, are we importing variants like the South African variant, which will not be as protected against by the Astra vaccine as the Pfizer vaccine. And by the way, when I say Pfizer vaccine, there are, as we said, with uh, as we spoke to John Skerritt and he was explaining yesterday, there's no data yet for the Pfizer vaccine, but there is for the Moderna vaccine. So Moderna vaccine does work against the South African virus, a bit less than the non-South African variant. And it's highly likely since those two mRNA vaccines work hand in hand that they are, are really hand in hand in terms of their performance, that the Pfizer one will protect against the variants. You, know, you would need to use the Pfizer vaccine to ring fence and ring vaccinate. But coming to border closure, using the Pfizer vaccine, we could actually reduce a lot of concern about borders and international ones too. Well, let's take some questions from the audience. And I've got a really important one here for you from Catherine Norman. And she is accusing you of being over the age of 65 and therefore not in the AstraZeneca group, but perhaps in the Pfizer group. I'm not in the Pfizer group. I'll be getting Astra just like most other Australians. I'm just very careful about admitting what my age is, but you know, I'm 38. <laughs> no, no, seriously, um, I, will, I will get the Astra vaccine. And in fact, people in the high priority groups moving forward will get a mix of Astra and Pfizer. It's really what becomes available. I was a little flippant in the way I asked Catherine's question. The follow-up to her accusing you of being the word that she is as elderly. Um, she's asking about her. <laughs> she's asking about her elderly parents who are eighty-six and ninety years old. That both got comorbidities, and she just wants to clarify that they are going to be offered Pfizer and not AstraZeneca. If they qualify for one A or even one B then they will um, get the Pfizer vaccine, which is just a timing timing thing. They'll get it before the Astra comes onto the market. But if for any reason there are delays, they could end up with the Astra vaccine. You know, there are no clinical, there's no clinical trial evidence to prove that the Astra works really well in the elderly in terms of preventing disease, but there is strong antibody results. And as John Skerritt was saying yesterday, when they start approving the new multivalent vaccines, which protect against the uh, variants that are emerging, they're not going to do randomised trials again. They're going to test the antibodies. And if you get a good antibody response, they'll approve that those for use. So in a sense, the Astra vaccine has been approved for use in the over 65s, not based on clinical trials, but on traditional assessment of vaccines that are already out here, out there, like the influenza vaccine. They don't do new clinical trials. They test the antibody response. So is that what they mean by saying that it was approved on a case-by-case basis in Australia? I think that was a messy, if I could be editorialising, I think that's probably a messy approval. They were kind of having five bob each way, but, but they were following the evidence there that if you're following the evidence and you're saying you're only going to do the vaccine strategy according to the clinical trials, then people over 65 should get the Pfizer vaccine because Astra really did mess up their trials with the elderly and didn't recruit enough people. So we're not absolutely sure. But on the other hand, if you look at the real world data from Scotland, Astra is as effective, if not more effective, than Pfizer at reducing severe disease and hospitalisation. So there in the real world, rather than clinical trials, it did seem to be working. If I was 80, 85 or 90, I wouldn't be too fussed about 
whether I get the Pfizer or the Astra. I'm much more concerned about how we open up our borders you know, and how we ring fence and get rapid immunity. I personally don't think that the Astra one is going to get us there in terms of opening borders. That is going to require a booster strategy with what's called a multivalent vaccine and quite soon. So, Tegan, it's Friday. It is Friday and it's been a while since we've done a quick fire round, Norman, and I think today is the day that we should bring it back. Quick fire Friday. Let's go. Sarah's asking, do you think that there will be any provision for business travel to commence before holiday travel? She's desperate to re-engage in business in Asia. Well, business travel could could start if um, business people get the Pfizer vaccine, which gives stronger protection against variants, and that uh, air crew get Pfizer vaccine. And we have proof of that. Then I think that we could be in a much safer situation and possibly truncate hotel quarantine or even get rid of it altogether and people get tested and watched at home. Malcolm's asking, why do you need to be injection trained? We heard this doctor yesterday was not trained in delivering the Pfizer shot. Isn't he already a doctor? So the real reason for training here is it, you, it's, it's relatively straightforward to stick a needle in somebody's arm. That doesn't take you long to train. But here you've got, for the first time in a long time in Australia, multi-dose vials. And therefore, you've got to know how to dilute. You've got to be very careful. And there's rules about preserving the vaccine, when you've got to discard it, and so on. So I think there are lots of complexities that are necessary complexities, unfortunately, given that we're rushing this out and there's a shortage of vials. And therefore, they've got to learn how to dilute and dilute carefully and manage these vaccines. On dilution, Fred's asking, what is the vaccine diluted with? It's diluted with uh, what's called normal saline, which is a sodium chloride solution, which is at the same concentration as your blood. So that if you were to inject sodium chloride into your, it's not so concentrated or dilute that it would affect your red blood cells. So in fact, it's the same osmolality, to use a technical word, um, as your blood. So you mentioned multi-dose vials and that it's the first time we've had them in a long time. Mary's asking, are there multi-doses in one syringe and why? It's not in one syringe. It's in the vial itself. So you dilute in the vial. Just imagine a little glass vial. You dilute it. And then what you've got to do is every time you immunise somebody, you've got to pull down the right dose. So first, the first thing you've got to do is dilute it with normal saline. And then you've got to pull down the dose into the syringe to the right level and then inject the person with that. So it's not in the syringe, it's actually in the vial. That's where the doses are. So each vial might contain six doses of the Pfizer vaccine. And the reason why you've got multi-doses is there are, there's not enough glass and vials to go around. And it's just in an industrial manufacturing process, it's just much easier to produce fewer vials and distribute them rather than multiple single doses. And of course, that process is all sterile. You use a clean syringe each time. It's, um, it's not a health risk to do that out of the multi-dose vials. No, but that's why you discard it after a while, because there is a risk of infection if you just leave it lying there. You've, you, once you've diluted it, you've broken the seal. Um, and if you're careful, you're not going to give it time for an infection to take hold, but you've got to get rid of it after a while. Well, that's Quick Fire Friday done and dusted for today. And thank you for listening to Coronacast this week. If you've got a question to ask or a comment to make, lots still coming in, go to abc.net.au slash coronacast. Mention coronacast in your question or comment and we'll run it next week, which is when we'll see you next. See you Monday. See you then. Mm-hmm.